The judgment is coming. The Xbox versus FTC has finally wrapped up. Happy Friday, friends. It is Friday. Friday. It's a good Friday. Uh, official show notes. I will. There'll be no podcast next week. No podcast next week. I am going uh, to the national parks again. Favorite place on the planet. And actually, these are all new ones I've never been to. So maybe these aren't my favorite. But whatever. I, there's no podcast next week. It's also a holiday in the United States. So there may not be a whole lot going on unless the judge drops the uh, ruling based on the court case that has been happening this week. Although we'll find out. We don't exactly know when that is going to get ruled. Uh, it will be filed under seal first and then it will be revealed. So we kind of got to wait and see. Uh, everything did wrap up. And so if you haven't, if you're not following the YouTube channel, if you're listening to this on the audio, you might want to, it's worthwhile to go subscribe, uh, mostly because I did a wrap up of every single day. And so on the podcast for the wrap up of the week, I'm really going to focus in on the judge at the end, because late yesterday, uh, the judge, she was able to question both counsels from Microsoft and the FTC, and it shines some light about how the courts are thinking about this particular case. And so I, I tried to organize it a little bit because these are rapid fire questions. It wasn't always some sort of like, hey, this is an economics guy. This is a Microsoft guy. They were all over the place, but I did try to organize them a little bit. So if you're watching the video, I'm going to roll some B-roll because it's much easier to be able to read verbatim what the judge was talking about while instead of looking at the camera. And of course, there'll be questions at the end. So let's just dive in to the judge and the FTC side of all of this because it was super interesting. And you got to remember that, and, and this is the judge's uh, sort of own words. It says the judge, she went out to say the court case is only about facts not promises. Remember, it's great that the CEO of, of Microsoft and Phil Spencer and everybody's like, we will do all this great stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not about those promises. It's about really the economic data. It's really, is this going to become a monopoly? Will Microsoft be able to abuse its position in the marketplace by owning effectively Call of Duty? slash Activision. And you say, Brad, there's other games besides Call of Duty, but let's be honest, this court case revolved a heavily and a lot around Call of Duty. But either way, there was a statement by the FTC where they said, uh, or they were arguing that Microsoft owning Call of Duty would sway a large 20% market shift if Microsoft buys Activision. Now, that is a massive statement saying that, that potentially 20% of the market would go over to Microsoft by owning Call of Duty. Now, the judge picked up on this and drilled into this data. And I mean drilled. She was drilling the FTC about, hey, explain this 20% number. And I got to tell you guys, the FTC completely flopped on trying to defend this position. It was really awkward. If you go back and listen to the call where the FTC couldn't quite remember where the number came from, they did eventually find it in their documentation. But it, like... It, it was odd because the judge is really trying to, it felt like the judge was trying to pick apart the FTC's case. And, you know, that's the position of the judge. It doesn't necessarily mean that the judge is is in favor of the Microsoft deal. But you got to remember, the FTC is the one asking for this to be blocked at the end of the day, not necessarily anything else. So if the FTC wants this blocked, they have to have the, the proof that has to be in their side of the court. And the judge was really picking some of this stuff apart. 
And they also want to know how you calculate who will move consoles and how is it more of a shift in the market? Like, okay, let's say 20% number is accurate. How do you calculate that? And the FTC did not have great answers for how this is actually going to shift 20%. Microsoft chimed in and said, look, we think this number is overblown. Then it would never explain it to us either. And so that number might, it won't get tossed out because it's, that's not how that works. However, it did really kind of shine some light that maybe the FTC's data isn't as robust as they made it seem. Um, the FTC also was arguing that Microsoft could raise the price of console by owning Call of Duty. And this is where it took an interesting turn because the judge asked how do gaming PCs fit into this market, right? Console gaming, PC gaming's like, it, would the Microsoft owning Call of Duty raise the price of a console or would it potentially lower the price of a gaming PC? We don't really know that answer. Would it lower the price of a gaming PC? Because there's so many other factors in play. But the research that they were providing didn't really dive into the whole gaming PC and should gaming PCs considered be a console competitor? It's an interesting conversation because, right, a lot of this revolved around was the Switch a competitor or is it a competitor? I should say not was because we the courts have not decided, but is the switch and if it is or isn't, then should a PC gaming be considered as well? Yes, they are more expensive, but you can also get a lower price PC game or gaming PC, I should say, and play Call of Duty on it. Yeah, is it going to be super high rush, uh, high res refresh rate? No, but you know what? It can be done. And so the, the court was wanting to know why wasn't that included in some of the economic data that was uh, asked. Because the judge believes that the Xbox would feel pressure to keep price down, fearing customers might jump to the PC. You think about it, let's say the Xbox Series X cost $900. Let's just pretend that. Let's say Microsoft was a monopoly and they jacked up that price to 900 bucks. A non-zero percent of those gamers would just say, screw it, I'm going to get a gaming PC, I'll get more uh, performance out of a $900 gaming PC than an Xbox Series X or whatever it's called at that time. And so that was really the judge's point is that Microsoft couldn't raise it too much because then they're in this other world of competition. So the other thing the judge pointed out is that you never know what game is going to be number one, right? Call of Duty has been on a hot streak. It's been doing really well, although you could argue that some of the later games haven't been super great, but either way, it's been doing number, it's doing well. But the judge pointed out, you never know what game is going to be number one. And she pointed out Hogwarts Legacy was the biggest game of the year until recently. And she said things like MySpace and other sectors come and go. And he, she reminded everybody that Activision came from nothing and then built this title. And so while Call of Duty is the game today, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the game even next year or in 10 years. There's always first-person shooters coming online. Call of Duty certainly has some brand recognition, but that was another point where it felt like the judge was kind of pushing down a lot of the FTC's arguments. The judge also wanted to know, uh, why did Microsoft offer the Xbox Series S if it's not a competitor with the Switch? This is another, again, super interesting point because if you've been reading through the court cases, you know that a big sticking point is, is or isn't the Switch a console that competes with Microsoft? And here the judge is really kind of poking around saying she thinks it, it is because of the Series S explicitly exists because of that. And she said people go to Best Buy and they see an Xbox Series X, PS5, and a Switch, and a Series S, and they think this could get me into Gen 9, meaning current generation gaming, meaning that the Series S and Switch are competitors because they all sit on a shelf roughly in the same space. 
So uh, then there was the FTC was trying to pick apart that Microsoft's deal with NVIDIA wasn't really all that valid. And the reason why is because prior to Microsoft trying to get Activision, Microsoft was actually looking to pull games off of NVIDIA's platform. Back in, was I think there's a Matt Booty email from like 2019, 2020 saying we should pull our games from there because they are a competitor. And then all of a sudden Microsoft wants to buy Activision and they sign all these deals and FTC is like, hey, uh, that is not legitimate. FTC is not happy. And the judge comes out and goes, if, the, if NVIDIA was not happy about this, then why did they sign the deal? FTC almost tried to make it seem like NVIDIA was some small boutique company, not a, not a massive juggernaut that they are, especially with all the chips selling in the AI industry. And so again, that argument didn't feel as strong as FTC was trying to make it. The, Mike, and the FTC kept trying to point out that they are able to pick the winners from the losers. Now, that is true. The FTC did make a good point that Microsoft does potentially have that capacity because one of the points they brought up is that, hey, how come Amazon and or Google did not get one of those 10-year deals? Now, we'll talk about Google in a second, but Amazon I actually did a video and I said, hey, I uh, made a point in a podcast too. Is like Luna needs to be in this as well because Amazon is, again, a juggernaut in the industry. And it's very it seems very clear that Microsoft was intentionally avoiding that to, to you know, push down expectations that Luna could potentially be a viable uh, alternative in this game streaming market. Now, when it comes to Stadia, Stadia, of course, took the stand, or Google did, took the stand to talk about Stadia. And yeah, it the, the nuts and bolts of it were that Stadia collapsed really before this Activision deal was uh, announced and all that Microsoft went on to point out says look Google has like a rich history of just not supporting these things we would just like to point out that prior to us trying to buy Activision uh, their content wasn't on there anyway so Activision was withholding their content from Stadia not Microsoft and so you know but the judge did point out that because Microsoft owns this title and can pick the winners or losers, that it could stifle innovation that is a very very fair and valid point from the judge uh, that, that could happen so just something like that. Exclusives, the FTC was kind of hung up on saying like, hey, Microsoft's going to make things more anti-competitive with gaming's exclusive, pointing out Starfield explicitly. But the F but the judge was like, that does wait, that doesn't matter. Because Jim Ryan, the CEO of Microsoft, or Microsoft on the Sony side, uses exclusive. Microsoft said they don't like exclusives, but that's a Sony strategy is using these exclusives. And so the judge really just kind of threw that out saying that's not a relevant point because the leading market uh, player, PlayStation, does that exact same thing. So one other thing, a couple other things worth pointing out is that the judge really kind of hit on the FTC here. It's like, hey, this is not Xbox versus Sony. It really felt like that at times that this was the FTC trying to protect Sony. And the judge pointed out, you have to look at the consumer, not the not Sony, which does change the narrative, right? It's not so much about protecting Sony. It's about protecting the market and the competition within the market. And so... Uh, the judge pointing pointing that out is a, a key thing because, again, anybody who's listening to this, especially with PlayStation taking a stand and revealing a lot of documentation, it did feel a lot like Xbox versus uh, Sony. Speaking of Sony, the judge had a wonderful question uh, wondering why uh, God of War from the Thor game is not on PlayStation Plus, and the FTC was not sure, and, and the judge went on to say... When it this pressure Sony to compete with Call of Duty on Game Pass by putting God of War on PlayStation Plus, effectively saying that, hey, 
if Microsoft gets Activision and they put Call of Duty on Game Pass, isn't that going to increase the value and the consumer benefit of PlayStation Plus? Because then Sony would feel like they have to react and put one of their top tier titles on the PlayStation Plus, making it a better value for consumers by Microsoft acquiring Activision. And the FTC really stumbled through that one. Because it's a good point. Sony should be pressure, be under pressure to increase their own value of their own product, not Microsoft shouldn't be allowed not to buy somebody else to increase their own value. It's the good competition would be both Microsoft and Sony going head-to-head, PlayStation Plus versus Game Pass, with day one titles dropping at the time for the best value for the consumer. So it's an, it's an interesting thing. Uh, to see how the judge is really approaching this. The the judge did say, and I will point all this out, that both legal teams did a good job preparing all their documentation, being professional in the courts. And so you know, while it is Microsoft versus the FTC, the FTC is lacks the funding that Microsoft has, right? Microsoft has effectively unlimited cash. And so the judge pointed out that both parties presented their case as well and that they both were very professional. And so I think that's worth pointing out that this wasn't some sort of cat fight uh, in the courtroom. It was actually a very professional setting. And so now what is next? Now we got to wait for the judge to take all this information and compile it and, and, and make a decision. Now, Microsoft slash Activision has already signaled that if the judge issues an injunction, the deal is dead. So this will go away. This will be the end. That'll be the final thing. If the judge does not include an injunction, then it will uh, it will effectively proceed and Microsoft will just ram this through. Now, there were some other interesting things that came out while Microsoft was in the courts. The, Cana- the Canadian government filed a document and so did the CMA, both kind of reiterating a point. The Canadian government was saying like, look, we haven't officially, I think, fully ruled on, I think was their stance. And then the CMA is like, look, we're still concerned about uh, some of the stuff Microsoft is doing. But this is about the FTC. Don't want to dilute that conversation. So my... It's hard to say, what is my gut opinion about how the judge was ruling? It felt, again, it felt like the judge was picking apart the FTC's argument and will rule in favor of what Microsoft is doing. That being said, that is just the judge, that is the only information we have at this time are the questions that the judge asked. And as I iterated at the beginning, the judge's position is to prove or disprove or allow, I should say, that the FTC's argument is valid to issue an injunction. So it was the FTC's the ball was in the FTC's core to prove a point. Microsoft was trying to disprove that point. So if you're going to prove the point, you have to have the data and the validity to make that case. And so the questioning by just the very nature of what was happening should have been on the FTC. I don't know when, we don't know when we will get the official ruling. I'm guessing it'll probably be next week because I'm on vacation. And so that would be the perfect time for that to drop. Although this court case landed conveniently before I left. So Keep your eyes and ears peeled, and obviously if anything happens and drops, I'll make sure to do the best that I can with a video from a god, although that probably won't happen. But either way, that wraps up the court case. Now we sit, wait, and twiddle our thumbs and look at other documents that have leaked out from the court case. And so, in a nutshell, other things that have happened in the tech space. There's one thing I just want to hit on. Microsoft did release a build of Windows yesterday that does have Windows Copilot, and it, I believe, is an Edge app. Like, it's not a native Windows app experience, at least not yet. And so, that is now available with just the basics. Just think of it as Bing Chat, but you can now invoke it with a uh, hotkey. I think it's Windows Key C, which has gone through a bunch of transformations. Windows KC used to be the charms bar, uh, then it was Cortana, and then it was chat, and now it's Copilot. So there you go. Uh, Microsoft hijacking that. Also, worth pointing out that today is the end of Microsoft's fiscal year. So Microsoft's fiscal year has officially come to an end at uh, midnight tonight, I think Pacific time is how that works. And next, starting July 1st, they're in fiscal year 24, which means we'll see a lot of changes, including, remember, the Game Pass pricing will go up and other things will be changing. So 
there you go. That wraps up sort of the big news. Obviously, a lot of focus on this mega case from Microsoft, and that's taken up a lot of time. But as it should, Microsoft trying to spend 70 billion bucks. Uh, we've gotten all sorts of data. So on to the questions of the week, my friends. Always my favorite part. Mad Thinus dropping in says, The last couple weeks have been serving some serious Xbox news and revelations. What shocked and surprised and delighted you the most? I think what shocked, surprised, and delighted me the most is how far we got to see into the perspective of what Microsoft is trying to do when it comes to acquisition like Square Enix uh, and Sega and Bungie and uh, obviously Activision. Microsoft was looking to buy just about everything with a pulse based on their own documentation. So we really got to see how far along Microsoft took because there were rumors about Sega. There were rumors about all these companies and they're rumors right at the end of the day. And it's not all that surprising when you see a company that is Microsoft size. They're looking to buy just about anything. But realistically, we saw the actual approval documentation, how Microsoft communicates internally about these these mega deals and so just sort of their internal flows for when you want to spend that kind of money which amy hood pointed out in her deposition that if they want to spend more than 500 million bucks they got to get board approval 500 million dollars is a lot of money knowing that you could spend 425 million dollars and not have to get your board approval that's a lot of money that is a lot of money. Mr. PKI coming in says, the biggest topic has been Activision acquisition. So let's mix it up with an episode, an enterprise question. Ooh, a lot of people complained of Teams and Outlook's outages this week. I have not had any issues. Did you encounter any hiccups? I did not encounter any hiccups. From my brief summary of, of information when I looked up what was going on, first off, Microsoft announced that they got DDoS attacked earlier in June, but that's, I think, a different issue. Uh, it looked like it was more in Europe is where the things were happening also github all went down uh, yesterday so depending on when you listen to this it would have been on july or june 29th github went down for i think an hour or two at least and so microsoft's been having some hmm, a little bit of hiccups but no i was not personally impacted by these outages rafiq 145 says do you think microsoft will really go after a big japanese publisher when the abk deal gets done no if Microsoft closes this deal, I don't think they're going to be acquiring anything of notable size for a significant amount of time. You can't just spend $70 billion and then like next month be like, okay, we're also like, if Microsoft tries to buy another game studio of any size, they are going to be under serious scrutiny from the FTC. And I think at that point, they're going to be just, uh, they're going to be flying a little too close to the sun. And the Joe Finn wrapping it up for the week says, what are some new Windows things that you didn't expect to like but have won you over? For me, PhoneLink and ClipChamp. I have not used, I tried to use PhoneLink. It's just not for me. It doesn't, I don't know. I just, it's just not for me. The thing that I have used probably the most is Snap Assist. The little thing, if you're not familiar with that, or at least the name, when you hover over what I would call the maximize button, it's not the X, it's not the minimize, it's that other button. Uh, you have that little option for picking where it snaps to. That by far has been the most, I, I would call it a delighter, as Microsoft likes to refer to a bunch of it, or, or some of it, I should say. Also, I, I don't mind the widgets on the taskbar. I mean, that is newer. I guess technically that was in Windows 10. I kind of like the widget, the weather. That's about the only one. Uh, the stock one is okay. I don't like it when it, I turned off the notifications for news at the because they were just driving me nuts and it's always like click this thing and then it's something dumb like if you're pushing a news notification it better be something massive and it microsoft i felt like they were abusing that right so i turned it off from my particular machine so 
There you go, my friends. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. A crazy week. It's not every week. I was thinking like, man, when when this FTC ABK stuff is done, like what's the content going to be? Because I mean, it has been a gift that keeps on giving. So I've decided that Microsoft should just try to acquire something big every quarter. So we have all these FTC suits because the documentation, the court, co the court documents that have come out have been exceptionally revealing about the inner workings of what is going on Xbox. There's still a lot to digest about them. And that's what I'm going to be doing here for the next few weeks. So as always, my friends, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.